0: AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host. And I'm very happy to be back in the studio. It has been, uh, a while since we got back in and we're able to get pastors back in the studio. But the last couple of programs have been fresh and new programs. And I thank God that we're, that we're back and, uh, we're in the studio and we're meeting and shaking hands again and seeing people. And, uh, and God is faithful. Uh, for a while, we didn't know how we were going to proceed, but thank God that here we are in 2021. And restrictions are are being uh, removed, and we're able to see smiles again, and see and see some teeth, and uh, and praise the Lord for that. I'm in studio today uh, with Pastor Matt Rice, and Pastor Matt is the pastor of San Antonio First Church. And so, welcome, Pastor Matt. Thank you for having me today. It's good to be here again. Like I said, in person. Uh, I really did refuse to do over the phone interviews because I think it's uh I rather have waited and let's let's see each other face I to love, face.
1: I love how you commented that uh, I'm enjoying seeing your teeth uh today. <laughs> thank
0: you. You have beautiful teeth.
1: <laughs> well thank way. you. It's just nice to be able to say that after seeing masks for so long.
0: For so long and it's and it's still weird going to the supermarket and and to different places and not wearing a mask. And several times this weekend we got out of the car, my wife says, "Oh, I forgot my mask." I said, "Babe, you don't need a mask. We're we're good." So, we th- we thank God for that and and we came off we came out on the other side. Uh but pastor I want to introduce you to our listeners. I haven't had the privilege of interviewing you before, so I want to know a little bit about yourself uh, and go slow. I know sometimes uh, we want to from start to finish in, in ten minutes, uh, but tell me where are you from? Are you a PK? Give me a little bit about your background.
1: I am. I'm definitely not a PK. I. I am from uh, Southern Ohio originally. Uh, I grew up in. When I say Southern Ohio, the name of the city was actually South Point for the most southern point of Ohio, which is a little town that's right by Huntington, West Virginia, and Ashland, Kentucky. I always have kind of a joke that I was born in West Virginia, but it was that was the closest hospital. Yeah. I was. Uh, I grew up in in Southern Ohio on a little farm. Uh, a dad who was a factory worker. Uh, a welder for his whole career, and then we farmed on the weekend and on the evenings. Uh, He was born in a log cabin on that farm, the same log cabin that his dad was born in on that farm. And so that's kind of my roots. I grew up, I I love all the aspects of of farming and, and working with cattle and working with my hands. It's like a favorite hobby of mine, working on cars, all of those types of things, because that was kind of in my DNA that my dad passed down to me. And we were always a part of the church. My mom and dad, uh, this, when they got married, they went to the Methodist church. Uh, but my mom had been a Nazarene. And, and so if your listeners aren't that familiar with the Nazarene church, it's very uh, similar to the uh, Methodist church. And both would trace their roots back to John Wesley. And so uh, there was a time when my mom convinced my dad to go to the Nazarene church. And I, I really spent the majority of my time as a young person growing up in the Nazarene church, going to camp, doing all the different things. But really holding God at at arm's length. Uh, There were a lot of times where I kind of, okay, God, I'm going to start this relationship. I'm going to do something. But uh, didn't follow through on any discipleship, didn't really follow through on on growth, and really was stubborn and wanted my own way and wanted to to kind of do my own things. And that continued uh, all the way through, uh, even into college. And I went to a Nazarene University and uh, really made that decision at the last minute, had picked a, a state school, and really had planned that I was going to go and, and follow along kind of my party life, that I thought, okay, this is who I want to be. And I hadn't really done that throughout high school. I was too afraid of what my dad, you know, might say or okay. do, but then I thought, now I'm going to spread my wings. And at the last moment, I decided to go uh, to Mount Vernon, Nazarene, it's university now, and as I went there, you know, it wasn't an immediate thing, but God just kind of kept me close and kept working on me. Chapel was a requirement, even though I got fined because I, I missed more than what I was supposed to, <laughs> but chapel was a requirement, and God continued to work. And I would say it more than through the services, it was through a couple of people that he brought into my life. Yeah. Um, one, one guy from my hometown in Ironton, his name was Paul Ferguson, and... Um, he had come, and I, I met him. We had known each other before, but barely. And I just was walking through the dorm, and I saw him in the room, and I'm like, what are you doing here? And we began to talk, and, and he shared with me, he had he had lived the life that I thought that I wanted. Right. And it had ended in brokenness. Mm. And he had called his mom and said, call the pastor because I'm either going to end it or I'm going to give my life to God. I mean, he, he was broken. And he began to share that story and it, it wasn't right away, but God kind of kept him in my life. And little by little, that story began to change me and call me. And then after a couple of years, I, I finally made that decision that, wow, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm giving in. And if you can imagine, if you think, the the town that I worked in uh, with one of my summer jobs was called Ironton. And so it's a factory town. It right. sounds like a factory town. Yeah. If you're from there, you'd call it Arnton because, you know, you pronounce <laughs> everything different. Uh, but I'm there at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm in what they call a laborer's shack. So it's a little, you know, for guys that are going to shovel all day or do something. It was a summer job that I had. And God had been working— on me over and over and over again. And it was finally it wasn't in a revival service, it wasn't at church someplace. It wasn't even at home. It was at seven o'clock that morning that I said, okay, God, I'm I'm all in. And you know it was it was immediate because there had always been times where I just couldn't stand up and and say that I had decided I'd make a change in my life or whatever. And it was the first break when some employees and I got together and somebody mentioned something, and, and in my heart I knew at that moment, okay, God was giving me that, that time that I was, I was going to have to talk different. I was going to have to say things that were different. And in that moment I said, you know, I decided something today. Mm. I, I decided that, that I'm, I'm going to be different. And from that moment, God just kind of began, you know, little by little. And I was so excited to get with my friend in the car and begin to share that experience. And we went back and we started a devotional group with all the guys that we had kind of hang, hung around with. Many of them were similar journeys uh, yeah. to me. And we all kind of began to to grow in that. And I eventually, uh, it was at the same time I met uh, who would become my spouse my senior year in college that we had dated and and got engaged and and then were married and I I graduated with a business degree yeah. and uh the whole story of how I got a job I think God was in that but th- that would take way too much time but I got a job <laughs> at that another moved program me. Yeah it is it's another <laughs> program and but I would tell you this I got a job in and it moved me to Beaver Falls Pennsylvania uh, another kind of factory town, but I was working for a company called Ashland Oil. And they had two openings whenever I was interviewing with them, and one of them was in my hometown. Uh, the other was six hours away. And it, we would not be having this discussion today, this interview today, if I had gotten the job and they had assigned me to my hometown because I would have been comfortable. I would have been uh, playing softball with my friends. You know, I just, I would have been settled there. Uh, but God moved me where he could talk to me. Mm. And isn't it amazing how God does that sometimes, you know, he moved me where he could talk to me and, and definitely Beaver Falls was a place. Uh, we, we were struggling as a couple. We found a church, but you know, we were lonely and didn't have many friends and God really began to, uh, call me and and say, you know, remember back and the year before, I kind of had felt his voice, even, even had called my parents and said, you know, I think God may be calling me into ministry, but I'm a senior, and I'm engaged, and I have a business degree. You know, I can't go back. This is right. all too expensive. It, it, I just must be, you know, I can't be hearing him right. And then uh, I felt that. I said, you know, I'm going to call. I called a pastor friend. Uh, this was like six months into my job and he said, "Well, Matt, this is what you need to do. You need to to go to seminary. You know, you can go and and graduate with your masters and, and be out and begin ministry about, you know, earlier than Jesus began his ministry." <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, I can do that. I have a business You'll degree be ahead of the game. Yeah, I can do that. How in the world, you know, because I wasn't the brightest uh, light bulb and I yeah. thought, "How am I going to be able to survive in, in seminary?" But we we made that decision, and curious enough, we uh, we packed up and left. And all I had done was spoke on the phone with the school. I had never been there. It was in Kansas City, uh, twelve hours away from where we were. I'd never been there. We hadn't. We didn't have jobs. We didn't have a place to live. My parents put stuff in a U-Haul and said, "We're coming in two days." And you know, the we went there, and within the first day, we both had jobs and, and a place to live. Oh, wow. And. And God just you know did amazing things, and and through that I ministry time I I graduated and moved to to Texas, and so I moved to Texas in two thousand no in nineteen ninety four, and now I've actually been in in Texas over half of my life. It was in the Dallas area that I was there for the first eight years, and then I've been in San Antonio uh, for nineteen years now since two thousand and two, and you know it's it's been an amazing journey. Just I'm thankful. Not without heartache. Exactly. Not without heartache. Uh, Serving the Lord uh, doesn't come without heartache. Some from, you know, outside things, Mm -hmm. Uh, their sickness. uh, My my oldest son, when he was six, right after we moved here, uh, had cancer. And we went through a journey of, of that cancer. Just amazing church supporting us as we went through that journey together and and other things that have happened, and you know, just life. That's yeah. life. Even for a pastor, life. Some things happen from the outside. I remember people saying, "I can't believe that your kid has cancer of all people." Exactly. You know, a pastor, and it's like, yeah, I'm I'm normal. You know, exactly. I'm like everybody else, and I'm even normal to the extent that it's almost five years now, uh, six in some ways. But but I've been divorced, mm-hmm. and you know, that's one thing that I'm humbled. Anytime yeah, yeah. that I'm in a pulpit. In fact, yesterday in the middle of the sermon, I, I kind of told everybody, you, you guys know that I'm not perfect. You know that I have sin in my life. And we think of divorce as a sin, but it's not just you know the moment that the decree is signed. It's everything that happens mm-hmm. that brings two people, and for us after 26 years, two people to, to that to that place. Yeah, yeah. and But again, God doesn't just give up on us at that moment. Uh, I'm thankful. You know, my church is, is kind of mid-cities down here, really close to the airport and to yeah. where we're recording today. Um, but I'm thankful for, for friends and people that he brought into my life because I know that started a journey for me doing some therapy and, and finding things out yeah. about me as a person and and then uh, being invited. I had a, a, a friend that was from my church that was going through similar circumstances. And and he said, you know, Matt, he said, I think we should go, I've looked online, we should go to the CBC, one of their support groups. Right. And I was, I, you know, I was kind of embarrassed about the thought about that, especially as a pastor. But then right. I told myself, you know what, his name's Rick. I thought, you know, I can, I can, I'll be Rick's pastor, and I'll go as his, as his pastor and and support him in this. I don't need it, but obviously <laughs> that he does. And man, did I need it! Yeah, you know, man, did I need it? I I was I was very broken in that moment, and and God had me in such a moldable place. And I went, and three years I went, you know, I went through their divorce care program, and then they have a, a great uh, series of programs where you can learn and grow in these growth groups. Mm-hmm. And what I learned, a part of my journey is I, I didn't know really how to be intimate. You know, it, it was one thing to kind of share surface stuff, but right. – I'd never really known, and kind of that was part of my family DNA, too. You know, the, you don't really hug. You don't really talk about deep things. And who knows that we carry that stuff into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then God just took that time, and he began to, to teach me that. And my favorite part of that whole journey, and I I, I hope that if, you're, if listeners can uh, feel this today or touch that, is I recognized that even as a pastor, uh, which at that time for, you know, for 20 years, even as a pastor, well, 19 years at that time, I really didn't know how to be intimate with God. Mm. And right. that he took that brokenness, yeah. and we know, I mean, Romans tells us that God will work all things together for the good of those who love him. So even in my junk, mm-hmm. God took that moment and, and he began to work it in my life And change me to where, for the first time ever, I could begin to become intimate with him. And really went from that example that we can read uh, between, I think it's Romans 5 and 6, that example from being feeling like I was the servant, feeling like I was, you know, kept at arm's length, to feeling like I was in his lap and I was his son. And uh, being able to feel for the first time that God was pleased with me. I think he'd been pleased before, right. but I could never experience that. It was just never open to me. And that transition of, of just feeling his grace come in and, and really, um, again, amazed. How does God do that? How does he take your brokenness you mm-hmm. know, and all the junk that I had? If this was not stuff, you know, cancer, I can look and go, oh, that's, that's, that was out of my control. Well, right. this was in my control. But God didn't give up on me. And I'm thankful that not only did God not give up on me, but my church didn't give up on me. And I think that speaks highly, you know, to them. Uh, There might have been times that that has happened. And I'm thankful that they, I believe they saw my heart and what God was doing. And it's something that I try not to shy away from because it's real life. And I want people to know that journey and know that, yeah, it happened to me as a pastor and you know, a lot of times it can happen in your life, too. That's right.
0: Yeah. A lot of people give up on themselves. You know, we're a lot of times it's easier for us to have patience with another person than with ourselves. And even though it's very difficult to forgive other people, a lot of times it's even more difficult to forgive ourselves. But guess what? God does not only use the perfect. Amen. If that were the case, I don't know if anybody would be on that no. list. Pastor, would you take a moment, perhaps, and, and follow that trail of, of the imperfect, uh, that how, how God, you know, we, we, we commonly say that. I'm a, I'm a pastor as well. We commonly say it's not, it's not the ability but the availability, you know. And, but, again, we disqualify ourselves all day. I can't because. I can't because. And you go down the list. will not you talk to that for a moment?
1: Well, and Scripture is full. Of, of those examples. You know, if we go back, Abraham, you know, God calls him and then he goes out and proceeds to make every mistake that you could possibly think of. Um, you know, all the way through to where the famous stories of David uh, that we think about. And then you know, uh, I've enjoyed, I, this will give a little shout out and PR to the show The Chosen. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to watch that, but uh, I've enjoyed it because it personifies it. You know, it, it helps me to see and, and the people become more real as I watch that. And I, I, as I've watched Andrew and as I've watched mm-hmm. Matthew and, and these very imperfect people that God called and then was able to do things, you know, in their lives. And the way that that he has taken my divorce and and taken even the cancer that my my son went through and then everything else. And I think the key that he's teaching me is that if I hide these things, and I really want to Mm – I really want to, you know, that, uh, Philippians 2 that I read in the devotionals today, uh, it talks about that Christ humbled himself. And I joked about the song, you know, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Well, we, we're laughing about that song. But in reality, we, we want that exterior. We want people to see that we're perfect. We all do. It's not just me or you. I mean, that's just, that's us. And when God helps us, to be willing to admit we're not. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, the, the tapes keep playing, all the negative things. Matt, you're this. Matt, Matt you're divorced. Or Matt, you've – and all the things. Uh, and I'm able to push those aside. The, the end of Philippians in chapter 4, you know, it tells us to think upon. That was another one of the devotional clips. If we think upon all of these things – uh, and I believe that because it's it's spiritual warfare that hap- that 's happening every day in our thought life that's right because we have those old tapes you 're not good enough. Uh, one of the great things about the Church of the Nazarene that, that we believe' uh, it's, it's, it's foundational is god 's grace literally can transform us Yes I mean it literally can transform us so god's god 's love and god 's grace it doesn 't matter who we 've been. It's not about who we were. It's about who God is going to make us to be, and that work in our life. And you know, I'm I'm an example of that. So many others, and so I do. I'll end with this part uh, that I don't want anybody to think that wow, we advance to the place to where those battles end, where God finishes transforming us because I still fight those voices. I fought those voices this morning telling me that I'm, I'm not good enough, and I'm sure I'll fight them before the end of the day. Right. But then at the same time, I go to warfare with the Word and, and telling myself, okay, Matt, God, what you want me to think upon what, what's true. And I begin to make lists of myself. Why do I know that's true? And at the top of that list, at the top of that list is always that God loves me. Amen. Always that God loves me
0: wow what a what a what a great sermon we could follow that up and and just preach for for a couple of more hours uh but one of the things so so many things that that you said there uh but i wanna i wanna transition to the church i need to get to the church yeah uh and so san antonio first church and um you've given me so much material my my the wheels are spinning in my head uh but tell me could you Put it for me a little bit before we, as we get to the church, farming and pasturing. Have you ever connected those? Have you oh yeah, ever yes. Connect, connect that for the me. The
1: sowing and the reaping and right? uh, the patience, <laughs> the patience and the the hard work. Um, you know, all of all of those all of those pieces. Yeah. Uh, the depending on God. Yeah. Um, I, that's a. I, I'll be honest. That's a, a struggle that grew up. I grew up with a dad that worked harder than anybody that I've ever seen. And I've asked him, he's 86 and he still does that type of stuff. And I'm like, dad, why do you do that? And he's like, well, that's all, that's all I've ever known. And for me, it can be really tempting to think that it's about my work and, uh, and that I'm in control of things. And whenever I do that, it ends in frustration and I usually screw something up and, and God humbles me again, yeah. and he says, you know, Matt, I'm I'm the one that brings the rain. I'm yes. I'm the one that's going to make the sun shine. I'm the one, you know, somebody else may have planted the seed. I'm going to do all of these things. And, you know, it's amazing how, how God works. And I'll, I'll move into a little bit about our church yes. Uh when I came uh, you know, and, and started ministry here, I thought about our church really as a suburb church. And I had been in the suburbs in North Dallas, and I thought about us in that same way. And it it finally kind of hit me that, you know, it's, we're really more of a mid-cities congregation. And that was actually through the uh, Churchill Baptist pastor and I having lunch together and him kind of sharing that. And I went to the local elementary school, Larchburg Elementary, that's right over beside us, and began to talk about, man, what what could we do? How could we help you in in this community? We want to be a part of the community. And they shared with us that, and it's right now they have 800 students, and 90 percent of those are economically disadvantaged. Wow. Now, if you're in, if you live around the area, I mean, it's right beside Castle Hills. You would think, wow, well, no way, there's not that kind of need. But you just if you drive around a little bit, you'll see that. And they said, we need help with, with food and, and with clothing for people. And I began to think, wow, you know, we used to have a school and we closed that down and we have all this space. And so we decided to start a compassionate ministry. And eventually it became uh, West Avenue Compassion. And, you know, from the first day that when we were trying to serve maybe 10 people and how that would all work and... You know, it has grown over 10 years and now it serves at least 200 families every week and most of the time it's it's well through COVID it was 300 families, yeah. you know, a week it gives out clothing, it's ESL classes, it's it's you know GED classes, it's all these different things that are are helping the community uh, to grow. And so at the heart of who uh, San Antonio First Church is or saf.church that would be our website, at saf.church. It's we want to be a community church. Uh, that's, that's really our vision. And we want to, to touch everybody that's within the community. Last night, we have a, an outdoor basketball court that's open. So most people that know our church, they either know us, oh, you're the place that gives out food, or you're the place that has the soccer field outside, or you're the place that has the basketball court. Yeah. And, and so as I go and, and hang out at those different places, and to me it's the opportunity for us to bridge and to say well this is who God is yes. you know uh, i love the the uh, the translation of eugene peterson from the message uh, from john chapter 1 when god became flesh and and moved into the neighborhood yes and that you know <laughs> that we want to represent that this is what god would look like in our neighborhood
0: tell me where the church is give me your address how can
1: we... At yes. what time are the services yeah, it's 10715 West Avenue so it's it's on West Avenue between Loch Hill Selma and Blanco not far from Churchill High School although it is closer uh, to Loch Hill Selma and the service times is at 11 o'clock uh, and there's classes small groups that meet at 930. and then you know throughout the, the week there are various things and they can all find that on, on the website it's a very inviting again. site. S-A-F dot church.
0: S-A-F dot church. And uh, Pastor, thank you so much. Again, we ran out of time. Uh, we're out of time. What a, what a great conversation. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for coming and being with us Thank today. you for inviting me. Uh, San Antonio, get to church. If you don't have a church, find this church, San Antonio First uh, Church, S-A-F dot church. S-A-F dot church. God bless you, San Antonio. God bless you, Pastor Matt. Thank you.